It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brings you interviews with some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. It's our goal to educate and empower you so you can live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. We have another great show for you today. In the summer of 2013, family and friends watched helplessly as today's guest Sarah E. Ball was abruptly taken captive by a severe anxiety and panic disorder that left her bedridden for months. Those around her were shocked because she had always been a very strong, dependable woman. With time and perseverance, this wife and mother of five healed and has since been on a mission to pull the next person out of the pit. Sarah is here today to share the intimate details of her breakdown and recovery and to offer hope to those affected by mental illness. Sarah is the author of Fearless in 21 Days, A Survivor's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. You know, Sarah, so many Mm -hmm. people today are suffering from anxiety and depression. But before we get into that part of your story, tell us a little bit about your life before your breakdown. Well, I... I think I would be considered to be your typical average woman. Um, I had five kids. I just had my fifth baby, and I had a lot of ambitions, a lot of drive, a lot of goals that I wanted to achieve. And then I found myself um, at home and, you know, tired and exhausted all the time, but really enjoying motherhood. Uh, I was getting really involved in church, and I had just graduated from university, so I was kind of like trying to figure out how I could do it all, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's how I would explain my life beforehand. Um, I was a very de- very dependable person, um, somebody people really relied on for help, very... Um, solid in my emotions, never really struggled with anxiety and depression. I really was kind of a suck it up, just keep going kind of person, Mm -hmm. persevered through a lot of hardship in my younger years. And that kind of attitude really kept me strong and going. But I think that it caught up with me eventually. And uh, then I found myself really tired and started getting really tired and I just could not bounce back. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of the beginning of that. And so you noticed that you were tired. And from that point, was it a slow progression of minor attacks that built up over time or was it something major that appeared to hit you all at once and the reason I asked that after I had my second son one Mm -hmm. night when I was watching television I felt like something was stuck in my throat and I felt like I couldn't swallow Mm -hmm. and from that moment it it seems to me obviously something was going on with me before that that I missed but From that moment, I literally developed a fear of swallowing and Mm. I couldn't get anything down. And I went from doctor to doctor and and I became a very nervous person. And so I referred to that as my breakdown. I lost 50 pounds and it was really a a progression of healing. So did something like that occur for you or was it a much slower progression? Um, Yeah, it was very much like that. Now, I had and I had a panic attack before Mm -hmm during stressful situations. So I'd had a son who 
was on life support when he was baby and my mom had had you know a stroke and I kind of through that stressful season that had a panic attack but I was able to kind of get back on my feet really quickly and just say that was a bad moment mm-hmm. and so this morning I had been feeling really tired and exhausted and also like emotionally really discontented right. and and you could say depressed like just frustrated with my life and never happy and and just feeling really discouraged and really worn down and so this one day I woke up in the morning and I hit the treadmill because trying to look perfect too was was also part of that category of trying to you know outdo everybody and and so I hit the treadmill early in the morning and my heart started racing which is normal when you're running and but it just felt odd and I got off and I thought oh this seems to be racing really extremely and then and then it wouldn't calm down I started walking around it wouldn't calm down and sure enough it just escalated into this oh my goodness I think I'm gonna die like it's Mm -hmm. not calming down and so I ended up calling 911 and I originally told myself you're fine like I was kind of went into it with a calm state like you're fine it'll be okay um but as it just escalated I started shaking um, my chest started hurting and I thought my goodness I'm having a heart attack and so I phoned um, 911 and they came and checked me out and basically said, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. And they said, Are, have you been under a lot of stress? And I had been. We'd had a lot going on at that time, a lot of crisis, a lot of people depending on us and, to help them through that crisis. And, and uh, so I thought, well, I'm just going to go to bed and I'll feel better in the morning. You know, like I had enough resolve to say, you know, you just need some rest and you'll feel better. But then when I woke up in the morning, I started having another panic attack. And then another one, and another one. Like, what if there was something really wrong with me? What if I really, they weren't right, and and I am having problems with my heart, or you know, like my mind just started taking me there, just like your mm-hmm. fear of swallowing, mm-hmm. and and then it escalated from there. I started having panic attacks right, like every hour, I think, over the next few months. So, right. so yes, it was one specific incident that really started, like, just kind of opened the floodgates. And it started that fear, anxiety, fear cycle, which exactly. kept feeding the anxiety, the attacks. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, you know, to have, I've had panic attacks before and been like, okay, that was a panic attack. I'm obviously really stressed. To this one, which seems so different and so mm-hmm. much more intense and, and so much more uncontrollable, it really rattled me. Because the crisis that I was dealing with was there were people dying and random people like, you know, just getting sick. And it just seemed like everyone around me Mm -hmm. was somehow going through some medical crises. So of course, when I'm trying to hold everything together, and then all of a sudden, I have sort of this panic attack. Well, of course, it's my turn next. It's kind of So Sarah, Um, what did you do to break free from that cycle? Well, I mean, it was a really long process. Um, I'm thankful for the process now because I think that I'm a lot stronger than I was before. My coping um, skills are stronger. The tools that I have to keep stress to never get that high to that breaking point again. Like, so that that's been a gift. But for me, I had to deal with the panic attacks first because the panic attack is like dealing with situation where you feel like you're going to die. It's like you're being attacked by a bear or something. Mm-hmm. Like you're fighting for your life in that moment. And you, how do you do any inner healing when you're dealing with that kind of stuff all the time? Like it's exhausting. You can't because you're just in the moment trying to survive a panic attack. So I really had to deal with the panic attacks first. And the way that I actually learned to do it um, was to face, because he said it's a cycle of fear versus fear. So it was learning not to fear the fear. And so I really had to like 
stop and acknowledge the symptoms I was feeling. Like you said, the tight throat, like I felt like I couldn't swallow, the mm-hmm. heavy chest, that racing heart, like all those symptoms that come that are so intense. And I had to learn to say, okay, you can come and you can rise and you can get stronger. And I just sit there in those awful physical symptoms and let them kind of go through my body and just accept it mm-hmm. and wait it out instead of trying to do everything I could to say, oh, no, here comes one. Let's breathe. Let's walk. Let's distract myself. Let's whatever. I actually had to learn to stand and just face it. And and so I was able to get rid of panic attacks quite quickly after I started doing that. Within a mm-hmm. few days, I was able to get that under control and not be afraid of those panic attack symptoms. But then I had to deal with the issue of just general anxiety at that point right and I did the same thing it's interesting because I Mm -hmm. literally would sit down and say all right come and get me yeah (laughs) and I would just relax into it rather than fight it and something I want to just say because I think this is important what we're discussing we're not saying that you should not get medical attention if it's something that you're experiencing but what we're trying to provide are some strategies as you said to help manage those attacks on our own but medical attention is always the first thing that you should do in a situation like that absolutely because there are some medical underlining things that can cause panic and anxiety you know so there are some things that you can get checked out by your doctor that can really help you with that that is more of a physical thing so really important that you do that for sure so Sarah in addition to you know relaxing into it come and get me let letting it go and releasing strategy what else do you offer that can help people to manage anxiety on their own well I think there's a few things um number one is rest became a weapon for me and that was something that was really important for me that I wasn't very good at and first of all because my life wasn't really set up for me to live a restful lifestyle you know I had five young kids (laughs) and and you know busy and 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 so I had to learn to really guard my rest and really defend it and so another thing too is saying yes to everything like yes sure I can do that and and really recognizing what my motives were behind the reason why I felt like I had to burn myself out and one of them that I discovered was just a desire to be accepted through being perfect or being available to everybody all the time like to me setting boundaries for myself and saying no and and guarding my rest felt selfish and it felt like I would be rejected because of it and judged because of it so that was stuff that I kind of had to work through and so rest was really really important and exercise is so important and I I had to walk for my mental health whereas before I was walking for my physical health and I had to take walks every single day to help burn off that anxious energy and then the other point that I have too was that we work so hard to suck it up and move on and move forward and I feel like anytime we go through trauma or pain or you know difficult experiences and we don't necessarily deal with it and acknowledge that it's there and work through it then where does it go like where does that trauma go where does that stress go where like I feel like it just compounds in ourselves and eventually comes out in the form of mental health and anxiety and depression and so I had to learn to really dig a little bit deeper into those places in my life that were causing me a lot of insecurity that were really triggering my anxiety fears that I had and thoughts of myself and so it was really important to learn how to grieve some of the things in my past and and so I went through a series of just finding healing through grieving and then my faith played a big part in it because it just gave me this stability um, to be able to trust something outside of myself because it's when you're struggling with anxiety you know there's lots of evidence around you to say that everything is 
unstable and could fall at any moment. And so to have that faith that says, you know, I'm anchored no matter what really helped me through that season too. So, so I'm really strong on it being a body, mind and spirit healing that if you don't take care of one aspect, then the other one will begin to become weaker. And so if you're not taking care of your physical health, your spiritual health, then your mental health suffers. If you're not taking care of your mental health and your spiritual health, then your physical health suffers. So I really feel that there's a big connection between the three. So when it came to recovery, it was really important that I was really focusing on all three aspects of myself. Sarah, from your experience, how important is the role of family support in healing? Huge. I mean, they say that more effective than any antidepressant or anxiety medication is number one, exercise, and number two, community. And so those are the two combinations. And and the thing is, is that anxiety and depression force you into isolation. But isolation only increases depression and anxiety because who wants to be left alone in the room with your thoughts that aren't healthy? Right. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the only influence that you have in a day right. is your own mind because you're alone all the time. It's not a healthy place to be. And so for me, you know, finding the right support was hard because you get a lot of like, well, why can't you just stop thinking about it and just get over it? And people, you know, when when people change, other people really react in a strange way because they're used to this dance of I do this and you do that and I say this and this is how you respond. So for me being someone who's really strong and the person that people would come and just sit there and cry on your lap for an hour and then leave without even asking you how your day was, that was kind of the person I was. And then all of a sudden I was so needy and could not handle anybody else's crisis. Like I just couldn't emotionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it switched. And all of a sudden, I was needing, really needing people to just listen and be there with me. And so I lost some friendships in that time. There were some friendships that I really had to cut off and say, I, I'm sorry, but I just cannot be with you right now. You're not helping helping me. Um, but I had to learn to just tell people what it is I needed to hear and how they could have helped me. And then my husband was just, I mean, he's naturally very loving and patient, but so hard on our spouses and our loved ones to help those who are going through mental crises. But he was very loving to help guard my rest and help me talk through some of the crazy thoughts that I was having and take me to the doctors and encourage me to get out for walks and stuff like that. So really, really important to surround yourself with safe people. You might have to do a little bit of juggling and cleaning house, so to speak, with the people in your life when you're trying to recover from mental illness. The book is Fearless in 21 Days by Sarah Ball. If you would like to get more information about Sarah and her work, you can visit her website, sarahball.com. That's Sarah with an H, sarahball.com. Sarah, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I think that, you know, one of the first emotions that you're hit with when you start struggling with anxiety and depression is what is wrong with me? What's going on? What's wrong with me? And I think I would just say that, you know what, you were perfectly and wonderfully made and that so many people go through this process of sort of having a bit of a breakdown, but there is a gift at the end of it. And so it's not about, you know, trying to run away from it, but it's being having the courage to walk through it and find yourself a lot stronger and healthier once you get through to the other side. So there's hope for those who are struggling. Sir, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your story and for offering hope. As you said, if we walk through it, there are some wonderful gifts, even though we may not see them at the time, but they are there. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, 
and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life has a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life 24-7. Visit CYACYL.com. And be sure to tell your friends. Would you like to infuse more fun and excitement in your life? Hi, my name is Sheila Robinson Kiss. I'm a health and wellness practitioner and transformational retreat leader. I help men and women realign their lives and thought process in the backdrop of gorgeous places. In the words of my late grandfather, if you're bored, get busy and stop being boring. Twice a month, jump online or grab a newspaper and scout out something new and adventurous to do. There are hidden worlds available for you to enjoy. Get busy discovering them all. Are you interested in more advice about ways to realign and transform your life? Visit me at ilovehowifeelnow.com. Did you know there are thousands of toxic industrial chemicals found in the U.S. today? Because of this, toxins are showing up in the air we breathe, the water we shower with, and even in the healthy foods we eat. Hi there, my name is Jackie Klein, owner of Jackie Klein Nutrition. If you're a person who's suffering from chronic fatigue, brain fog, suppressed immune system, or autoimmune disease, heavy metal toxicity may be a contributing factor. Today, mercury is found in fish, arsenic in water, chicken, and rice, aluminum in deodorant and laundry detergent, and particulate matter in the air we breathe emitted from power plants and vehicles are just some of the toxic exposures we are subjected to on a daily basis. These chemicals are a major health concern that can lead to degenerative and cognitive decline. Although we can't control all of these exposures, what we can do is take accountability of our body and our home we live in. Fueling our bodies with sulfur-rich organic foods like garlic, onion, and cruciferous vegetables supports glutathione production, a superstar antioxidant that is necessary for detoxification. A diet rich in fiber and drinking clean filtered water also helps with daily elimination, incredibly necessary for the removal of heavy metals. Exercising promotes sweating, a natural way we rid ourselves of toxins. And during the hours of a good night's sleep, we can clean our lungs by breathing in air filtered with a high quality air purifier. We can also avoid spreading these toxic substances through our home by taking our shoes off at the front door. For more information on avoiding toxic exposure and detoxifying naturally, please visit my website, JackieKleinNutrition.com. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Amy Collins, a mindful living instructor and founder of Create Clarity, located in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Amy offers classes to help individuals clarify who they are, reconnect with their genuine values, reawaken their intuition, and make a transformational shift to live a more vibrant life. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joan. So, Amy, I've heard you 
use the expression, will the real you please stand up? What do you mean when you say that? Will the real you please stand up? Well, you know, Joan, what I really mean is the person we are when we're not thinking about who we should be, right? The person we are with no masks, no hesitation, no walls up. The person we were born to be. And the reason it becomes a question is because our world challenges us, even at a very young age. And it it causes us, these challenges cause us to question ourselves and our gifts and our beliefs. And sometimes, as a result of these challenges, we begin to hide parts of who we are. And sometimes we just hide ourselves completely. So when I say, will the real you please stand up? It means, hey, the real you, you were born to be. Stand up and remember that despite the fact that we're challenged all the time, we need to keep being true to who we are at our core. I know that this is your passion. What drives you to encourage people to take the time to discover who they genuinely are? (laughs) Well, it's actually an interesting story. And it started one afternoon in school during gym class when I was at that, you know, tender age of 13. We all remember that. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there minding my own business in um, our beautiful required public school gym uniform, when all of a sudden, one of the boys in my class, he literally, Joan, shouted out my last name, and he fired this question at me. Hey, when are you going to shave that forest off your legs? (laughs) And I wanted to melt. As you can imagine, I, yeah, I awkwardly, I shifted my legs under myself, and I turned beet red, and I couldn't name it at the time. But something in that moment shifted in me. And it was, I think it was really because I was literally being called out for not fitting in. And this happens to all young people at some point. But up until it happens, we all live blissfully unaware of the fact that any ideal out there exists, right? We just be ourselves. So over time, Joan, what I've learned is to ask who creates that ideal? And what if it doesn't work for everyone? And who says who fits and who doesn't? So that's what's driven my passion to help others discover who they genuinely are. Amy, how do you believe we can benefit from this self-examination? Joan, when we live in a way that honestly reflects who we are, we flourish. But if we hide who we are or we feel lost, we feel a sense of frustration, confusion, or we just feel plain stuck. We always have a choice. We can determine what works best for us. We don't have to live up to any specific ideal that's out there. Taking time to develop who we are and create our own life's path is, is what we're meant to do. But that's when we flourish and that's what we're here for. Amy, thank you so much for being here with us. If you would like to learn more about Amy or her classes, you can visit her website, createclarity.net. And as always, to hear more from Amy, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com forward slash Amy. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Laura Brandeo, Chief Operating Officer at American Financial Resources, and this is Home Sense. Every month, a listener will ask a mortgage, loan, or home financing question. Then I'll share an answer that makes the most sense for you and your bank account. This month, Lisa from Summit asks, I'm thinking of buying a house. How will that impact my taxes? One of the greatest things about home ownership is the tax savings that it brings. For most of us, our home is not only our biggest investment, it is also the source of most of our tax breaks. Buying a home is an investment that lets you begin building equity, and Uncle Sam is there to help ease the pain of mortgage payments. The tax deductions available to you as a homeowner will substantially reduce your tax bill. For most people, 
The biggest tax break of owning a home comes from deducting mortgage interest. You can deduct interest on up to $1 million of debt used to acquire or improve your home. You can also deduct the local property taxes you pay each year too. However, new laws cap the state and local deduction for property taxes at $10,000. Whether you are buying a home for the first time, selling an existing home, or just staying put, your home not only shelters your family, it provides terrific tax shelters as well. For more information like this, visit afrwholesale.com forward slash blog. Spring is a special time for everyone. The leaves are budding, flowers are blooming, and the days get longer and warmer. There is no age limit on enjoying spring, and the beautiful weather is a great reason to spend more time with the senior you care about. I'm Dina Froworth, certified senior advisor and founder of Adult Care Advisors. We offer free guidance to help families find the best senior care options for their loved ones. One of the best ways to find out what your senior enjoyed doing when they were younger is by asking questions and listening. You may be very surprised to find out what your elderly best friend has to say about springtimes from the past. Games. Games are a terrific way to keep the mind sharp. Games also have a great way of introducing some gentle competition and intellectual challenge at the same time, all while getting in some social interaction. Bike rides. While still an outdoor sport, a bike ride can be a lot of fun without being dangerous. It is a low impact activity that is easy on the knees. Sightseeing. One thing many of us forget to do is to be a tourist in our own town. After all, most of us have art museums, theater, zoos, and other cultural venues right in our hometown. Even if your seniors have seen a place many times, they probably have not been there recently. Are you interested in learning more about senior care options for your loved one? Connect with us at Adult Care Advisors at 908-812-9158 or adultcareadvisors.com. If you're thinking about selling your home and buying a new one, one of the first thoughts that might come to mind is, what if I list my home and it sells quickly? Then where will I live? Hi, my name is Danielle Grosso, a real estate agent from Experience Real Estate with Keller Williams Realty, and that's one of the most common questions I receive when consulting a future seller about listing their home. The good news is that there are many options for you, some of which I will explain today. In the event that you don't find and close on your new home that you are purchasing before you sell the current home that you're living in, you can consider a short-term rental of possibly four to six months, since many apartment complexes do offer that. A more common option that we're seeing today is temporary housing buildings, which are a mix between a hotel and an apartment complex and are convenient, enjoyable, and even affordable. You can move in with a son or daughter or brother or sister or maybe rent a family member or friend's extra home, which I see many people do. And lastly, you could consider accepting an offer from a buyer that understands and is okay with a home purchase contingency, meaning you can't move forward with this transaction or close on your home until you are under contract with the home that you are purchasing. If you have any further questions about this or real estate in general, please feel free to contact me anytime at danielle at danielle-grosso.com. You've put your heart and soul into writing a book, you've made a substantial financial investment in getting the project done, and you have a beautiful publication with your name on the cover. So, how do you reach your potential readers? Introducing the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life Book Club, a resource guide created for books that change lives. 
a book featured on the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life website and in the digital magazine gets recognized. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life includes the work of some of the most inspirational and influential authors in the world. Shouldn't you be there too? Let's get started. For more information, visit cyacyl.com backslash book club advertising. I want to be riding my bike. But at this moment, he's fighting leukemia. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.